Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's Doug Tilly. Number one super guy. Mo. Yes. Mo, we're back, and I'm in such a good mood for this episode of No Budget Nightmares, the podcast that you and I both host. Uh huh. Because, you know, Mo, uh, this might come as a surprise to some listeners who haven't been paying attention lately, we've had to watch some real <laughs> horrible shit lately. Oh, uh, that is the understatement of the century. <laughs> we've even had, I mean, and this always happens, but some uh, listeners of the show went ahead and watched some of the movies that we've covered recently, which were Wrath of the Skunk Beast and Nightmare Museum. Did you say Wrath, hold on, hold on, did you just say Wrath of the Skunk Beast? <laughs> skunk Ape? Is that what it is? Yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Fuck that movie. Oh, but, Skunk Ape! As, as, uh, they, they were not surprised to discover, but they were happy to report that yes, those movies were both unwatchably terrible. Why would uh, anybody, I, I, you know, like, I understand if you want to watch Wrath of the Skunk Ape. I mean, it was kind of fun. It was silly, stupid. But, man, Nightmare Museum. Yeah. Well, I mean, no one ever accused our listenership of being brain scientists. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Mo, I've got a bit of... I don't actually have a cold. It sounds a little bit like I have a cold, but it's really the allergies that are doing me in on this episode of No Budget Nightmares. Which is funny because you... You with allergies still sounds better than me without. Yeah, but that's because you <laughs> smoke all that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, as I mentioned, we just watched a bunch of horrible movies for the last two episodes. And because we record so often now, it means that they all sort of weigh on top of us. It's not like we can just kind of, oh, it's been a month, so <laughs> we, we can't even remember how bad the movies were. No, I'm still hurting from those movies. So it was a very smart decision by me. To uh, suggest that we watch a movie <laughs> that humble. I, hashtag humble brag that I uh, that I already knew was good or at least now I say this the movie by the way for people who haven't for some reason read the episode title is the WNUF Halloween special from 2013. Now I haven't gotten Mo's feedback on this yet. In fact, my understanding is he watched the movie this morning and then went to sleep for say eight hours. <laughs> And then just woke up. I wish I fell asleep for eight hours. No. Uh, no, no, no. I watched it. Uh, I actually watched it twice. I watched it last night at work um, just so I could enjoy it. Because like, right. beca- because by all accounts, this was something that I was going to like. Right. So, I, so I figured I'd just watch it once just to enjoy it. And then I watched it. Uh, I actually left work early. Uh, <laughs> So that I could get home and do uh, and take notes and like just everything was conspiring against me to uh, to not allow me to just 
just take fucking notes on this thing. So Bo's at work is like, just jerk off. You don't need to talk to me. I'm trying to watch a movie here. Well, no, but that's the thing is like when I was watching it at work, like there's nobody there. There's never anybody at my job between like 4 a.m. and like 7. So, you know, I always have like this great period of time where like I have nothing to do. And it's it's perfect for like watching a movie with no interruptions. But I get home, everybody's awake, everybody wants to message me, everybody needs to tell me about the newest Golden Girls meme out there, or or, or t-shirt, you know. What a life you lead, Mo. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so finally, I started around 9, finally finished up right around noon, and then I'm like, oh, I have to go to bed, like, immediately, which, of course, means that I won't actually get to bed for another hour, um, I should mention, by the way, for new listeners, Mo works uh, overnights in a sex shop that is, uh, I guess it's 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 uh, uh, accessed by both male and female customers, but generally very male oriented. Yeah, I would say the ratio of uh, male to female customers is about ninety nine to two. <laughs> you that, know, how does that doesn't add up to a hundred? I don't know if you noticed that, Mo. It, it's fine. Okay, so the women, like... Did I say 99? Yes. Oh, I meant to say 98. Oops. Mo just woke up. No, I woke up like an hour ago. I'm fine. So what items would be there that might interest uh, a lady? Well, the same sort of items that would be there that would interest the dude. You know, penis-shaped items. Edible underwear? We used used to have edible underwear. They didn't sell, so we stopped carrying them. Did you get to take home all the extra stock? I did not, no. (laughs) Put them in sandwiches and whatnot? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Open up up my kid's lunch. I got a a free roll-up today. Why are these undie-shaped? Yeah, whatever. Crotchless? Hey, what am I paying for here? (laughs) Uh, The WNUF Halloween special from 2013, Mo. Uh, let's explain the kind of general sense uh, of what this is to people who aren't familiar with it. This is a uh, almost a 90-minute special, uh, but what it really is is it was made a few years ago uh, to sort of imitate the look of a late 80s, like 87-ish time period uh, news broadcast followed by a live investigation of a haunted house. Yeah. And it's all presented as if it was recorded off television at that time, including the advertisements. And again, when I say it starts with like a, a news broadcast, like a, a very large chunk with different um, uh, stories for the news broadcast. And then, you know, and it includes a lot of, of time specific ads, but they've all actually been created for this video. They, I got to tell you, you know, I mean, like. I, I, I'll call it a, a credit to the film that the ads were so realistic that like I wanted to fast forward through all of right. them. Right. You know, yeah. like it wasn't even like it like and that's not a that's not a negative thing. It's just my natural instinct is to fast forward through through commercials. And like I'm watching them and I'm like, oh right, these aren't real. Like you keep forgetting about that. It's it's a really one of the things I like most about this, and it, this is a real credit to the director, Chris Lamartina, and he had a, a number of different directors, some recognizable to listeners of this show, who actually did some of the commercials as well. Mm. But he isn't showing his hand uh, with with the dialogue or with the style of the movie. By that, I mean there isn't like a whole lot of jokes in the movie. Uh, there is humorous dialogue, and some of the commercials are fun to watch. Like they're like funny to watch them, right? Right. But they're not packed with people like winking at the camera. For all intents and purposes, I would say at least seventy-five percent of the commercials they could easily have existed in the nineteen eighties, and you would oh, not yeah. bat an eye. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, this thing this thing plays it so straight that it's like it's a wonder almost. It's almost I think for some audiences, uh, especially uh, low budget movie fans who come in looking just to kind of laugh at this, yeah. it might actually be played a little too straight. But for me, where where I really wanted it to feel like something real from that time period, it does such an amazing job. And the weird thing about it, Mo, is that this movie it kind of breaks two of our cardinal rules here on No Budget Nightmares. What are those rules? Do you remember them, Mo? We have rules. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the first rule is you don't talk about no budget nightmares. That's right. Okay. Well, the one of that's one of three rules. That's, <laughs> that's number one. Now, number two is using uh, fake film damage on your movie to make it look like it's of a different time period. Right. Right. But, but right. of course, w- the reason it's so effective here is I think someone told me actually that they were using legitimate equipment uh, that was provided by like a news station. And it looks it. I mean, it looks so period perfect. Oh, it's amazing. It, it really is, is amazing. I mean, yeah. and, and that that level of detail is what really makes this. Because uh, the commercials, and well, we're going to go into the commercials as we go through the movie. But but the it doesn't, um, there isn't like, there's not references to the modern world in them. Not so it, it makes it so much easier to kind of lose yourself in it. And the other thing that it does is that it names characters after uh, directors, uh, movie yeah. directors that we're familiar with. Yeah, yeah, but that's forgivable. And the thing is, this movie has so many character names, yeah. and a lot of the main ones they are not they're, they're not winking like that. It's just that there's some secondary stuff and some news items which which do involve names. And again, we'll point those out. We're almost certainly going to miss some as we go through as well. Probably. But it's you know it's it's amazing that that it does do that. And uh, we should also note, by the way, that there are some familiar faces in the cast <laughs> of this. Um, <laughs> that, that that we we would be um, we, it would be unfortunate if we didn't mention them as we went through. But uh, I will say that I'm glad that uh, that we're going to be able to talk about it. Uh, and even though they are very recognizable, they also don't kind of distract me or take me out of the realism of what's going on. No. What did you think of the, the WNUF Halloween special, Mo? Uh, I loved it. I think that this is going to uh, quickly become a a Halloween tradition for me to watch this. I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to get this out to as as many friends of mine who I think would like it as uh, as I can, you know. And maybe I'll try to do like a little. I mean, if it goes as well as my as my birthday plans went, then uh, then then nobody will show up. But uh, I'm gonna try to see if uh, if I can if I can get a little get together. Uh, started up for Halloween and try to watch this with some people. I will say that the thing when I first watched it, uh, I had read about it online when mm-hmm. it first came out, and then I read a review for it in Shock Cinema Magazine, um, and then I was like, okay, this is you know basically this is a movie or this is a, a, a project that is exactly directed towards people just like you and I, Mo. Right, right, right. I mean, it's made. I mean, the the when I say that they reference directors and things in the names of the characters we're not talking about john carpenter or george romero we're talking no. about todd sheets and david dakota yeah so th- this is the kind and, of and, and the polonia brothers and the polonia brothers and there's more as well yeah. but the, the 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 fact is this is the kind of project that would be most appreciated by the listeners of the show and by you and i and people like us which again is a very niche sort of audience yeah but, but that but that being said is that even even if somebody watched this without knowing all of those little nods, right. it, it wouldn't matter because it's so enjoyable, you know? Like, I mean, I had a big fucking smile on my face the, the first time watching through this. Like, the whole time, I'm like, this is just fantastic. Like, the whole thing. 
It it, w- it doesn't even matter. Like I was missing references left and right because I was <laughs> because I was just enjoying the movie. Well, speaking of the movie, Mo the Porn, movie. co-host of No Budget Nightmares, let's talk about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the movie begins with a VHS play, you know, one of those um, blue backgrounds with the play button on it. Right. And it actually starts, and this is another thing, is um, the, the video, just like a lot of my videos back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, there's actually live fast-forwarding going on during it. So when something boring comes on, you'll sometimes see the the uh either the person who had taped it or i guess the person watching it fast forwarding through it yeah like sometimes when uh when like a commercial come up for like the third time yeah <laughs> you know exactly they'll just they'll just fast forward through it which i thought was a very clever way of you know of having the material there and making you making it feel even more like an actual broadcast because you know i mean you, you watch you watch an hour and a half of television you're going right. to get the same commercials over and over again. and that that is a level of detail and an attention to detail that i really appreciated again yeah it's one of those things where because there are so many ads and there's a shitload there's during a this, ton yeah uh that it would have been very um easy to just you know keep on making them make more and more and 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 just kind of throw out as many just for the amusement factor of putting out as many as possible but but you're right if you watch 90 minutes of especially kind of local television yeah you're going to see lots of ads repeat uh, yep so the movie really starts with the news broadcast mhm and the news broadcast is hosted by Gavin Gordon and Deborah Merritt uh Deborah Merritt actually the actress who plays her uh, Leanna Shamish, she was in Don Doler's Harvesters. Oh, uh, nice. But, uh, I mean, these two actors, uh, they're so convincing as news <laughs> broadcasters, especially, you know, maybe it's just a small town uh, or small city, Canada, that I live in, and our local news broadcast, I mean, they're all, they're all they're all pretty much the same, the kind of people who host those shows. Right, right. But, a, like, a lower-budget one where... Um, where you know the, the the banter is all very kind of innocuous and ridiculous, they really get that down in this. Yeah, the back and forth between the two news. Mood, oh, Jesus Christ, I cannot talk. Uh, but the no the the uh, banter back and forth between the two of them is is phenomenal. It's really great, and it's notable that they're dressed in costumes because it's Halloween. Halloween. This is Halloween. And this is how the broadcast begins. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't check your dial, folks. You didn't tune into Transylvania's public access station. No, sir. Tonight is Halloween. <laughs> and I can't I can't stress enough. I like how, it the other though. <laughs> I can't stress enough just how I, I, and again, this is another thing that we talk about all the time in No Budget Nightmares, the fake news broadcasts and how yeah, awful yeah. they look. This one is indistinguishable from a real news broadcast. It, it's so fucking good. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So uh, what we go into now are some of the news stories that are being covered on the broadcast starting uh, – and this is very important. <laughs> You'll be quizzed on this later. So remember, <clears throat> there is a religious organization that is praying for the end of trick-or-treating. Uh, well, actually, actually, sorry, that go, we go to that story a little bit later, don't we? But they mention it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they mention that after the broadcast, there's going to be a live tour through a supposedly haunted house. Yes, with, yep. uh, <laughs> yup, <laughs> with, um, what's his name? Frank, Frank Stewart. Frank yeah, Stewart. Frank. I, I have to say, I, I know we haven't gotten to that point I yet, know. but I, I got to talk about Frank for a second. I 
fucking love Frank Stewart so much. He's, he's he is very like for anyone again for local news uh, organizations that have kind of an investigative reporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this actor Paul Farenkopf, who plays Frank Stewart, he gets that perfectly. He nails it. Like and, he's, and he's he gets a lot of screen time in the second half of this, yeah. and he has to carry it too, right? And again, he can't go winking at the camera. No, he can't go. He can't go showing his hand. But he brings just enough, like a humor to the edge of what he's doing. Well, he's, kind of a, he's such like a like. I mean. Like, I don't want to use the term scumbag, but he really kind of yeah. is, you know? Yeah, like, you can tell how sleazy he is, you yeah. know, because just his references to ratings and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can just tell that, like, he's just like an old, like, like an old hippie, you know, <laughs> who's, yeah. just, who's just fucking miserable with his job. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we go to uh, the first commercial break. And it's, I don't know exactly how we're going to handle all of these commercials, Mo. Not, most of them don't have anything particularly amusing to say about them. Yeah. But we'll sort of rattle them off as we go on. The first one is a uh, High Pike Farms pumpkin patch. I, I thought this one, I, I see this is probably, I probably wouldn't have led with this commercial because this is one of the more winky commercials, you know, where there's like a lot of like, like over selling it puns and you'll think we're out of our gourds, you know, like that sort of thing. I mean, it's, it's a great commercial and I guess, you know what, maybe I'm just being nitpicky here because actually that probably would be exactly what that commercial would have been. There's only so much you can do if you're having an advertisement for a pumpkin patch. Yeah, that's, that is, that is true. Uh, but, but I, 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 you know, the, the commercials are all great. Uh, the last one, actually the last two in this first commercial great break, are just fantastic. They're right. so ridiculous. So we get the High Pike Farms one, you know, like like we said, it's puntastic. And then we've got one for the uh, WNUF uh, Reading Club. Um, <laughs> Free bookmarks and, and coupons that need businesses. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah, Tokens Amusement Center. Um, but, then, but then we get one where it's just, it just sort of goes off the rails for a second here. And it's just like... Uh, like it's just like them chopping up oranges mixed in with like astronaut footage. astronaut footage and <laughs> rockets going off, and it's for a soda called Orange Blast Off Soda. <laughs> I I wonder how much original footage they shot for those commercials right. compared to what they had to like take from from period based uh, footage. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, again, they're so well done and they're so diverse as well because then it leads into the Halloween makeup kit by <laughs> yeah, French, Johnson. French Johnson, the voice. The voice on this commercial is so fucking good. <laughs> French Johnson makeup! <laughs> Turn you and your friends into hideous monsters. And it's hypoallergenic! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, it adds an extra level of humor just knowing that they are not real commercials and that someone made one that looks so goddamn real. <laughs> 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 Here we go. Oh, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. <laughs> we return back to the news where Deborah, uh, she uh, introduces a segment on Halloween safety tips, and this does introduce one of our first characters, which has a bit of a wink to low budget movie fans. It is Officer Donald Bookwalter. But then, but I love how when it comes up, it says Howard Bookwalter. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> 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 Whatever you got to do. So. Uh, Officer Bookwalter, he does give us some very important Halloween safety tips, starting with all trick-or-treaters must be accompanied by a trusted adult. And number two is, let's have a little listen. Two, inspect all your treats before you eat them. That way you're not accidentally eating a razor blade or a needle infected with the AIDS virus. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the sound right there at the end of that clip was the person fast, fast forwarding, forwarding to the rest of the song. I don't need no fucking safety tips. <laughs> and then we go back to the news broadcast itself where Gavin, again, who he, he's got that smarm of a news broadcaster yeah. so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And he's telling these awful jokes. He goes, what's a vampire's worst nightmare? Uh, s- sunlight? Tooth decay. <laughs> I laughed at that. I thought that was great. <laughs> And that leads into a segment featuring a dentist named Dr. Allen who has a cash for candy program, Mo. Oh, man. What a ripoff. A dollar for every pound exchange? Come on. <laughs> so Dr. Stanley Allen is giving children money to give up their treats for uh, for charity. Um, and it's a, again... Very realistic segment. I actually thought that the guy who played Dr. Allen is like maybe a little overboard in his performance. He's, but- he is a little over the top. But I, I think um, for a guy who, like, I, I see, I imagined it as sort of like thinking of his motivation there. Like, he's, sure. he's a dentist who's trying to get kids to stop eating all this fucking candy. <laughs> you know, so, like, he's overplaying it. So, like, I get it. You know, he is a little over the top, but it was very humorous. And I love how, like, when things start to break down sort of later, like, they're just like, uh, play Dr. Allen's Cash for Candy th- you know, thing again. And they just put it back up again. But uh, then that leads into the next news story, which I think is my favorite of the whole thing. It is so it's fucking stupid. really ridiculous. <laughs> so it's a hometown horror story uh. <laughs> where it's the anniversary of a seven-year-old's murder. So what happened is this kid was dressed in army fatigues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he knocked on the door of a retired colonel who, who was su- still suffering from s- shell shock. And he mistook the child for a Vietnamese soldier. <laughs> And murdered him. <laughs> Shot him with a shotgun. And then the person, I mean, again, the, the video fast forwards, and it just says, tonight he sets on death row awaiting execution. <laughs> <laughs> that that one maybe is a little more flagrantly ridiculous than yeah, some of the others. Yeah, yeah. Back to the commercial break, Mo, uh, with our first political ad. I love, I love the, uh, the, the, the attack ads on this one. They're, they're like how it just goes back and forth between, um, Dandridge and what's the other guy's Mike name? Mike Barlow. Barlow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Dandridge voted against toxic waste cleanup. <laughs> and that leads into a commercial. And this one actually has a special meaning to me. It's for Carvo Lantern, which is one of those pumpkin carving kits. Yeah. And the uh, the the kit that they show, like the items for it, I'm sure they're very standard for pumpkin carving kits. Right, right. I Last year for Halloween, I bought one of these cheapo pumpkin carving kits. Aren't because they? I, Aren't they the worst? They're fucking impossible. They're For impossible. Thing, like, even like, the scraper doesn't work. Like, nothing works in them. The, and, like, they have, like, this little tiny kind of flat orange piece, which is supposed to be used to scoop out the innards. Yeah. And, and there's no fucking way unless it's got, it's like the size of, like, your hand that yeah. is going to work. And it's got the little saw, right? It's supposed to be safe for children. You're not going to, you know, cut their hands off. But you you kind of, you you saw into the pumpkin, and it doesn't even reach the middle of it. Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, fuck you, Carvo Lantern. <laughs> I love how a fake commercial is getting us angry about a real-life product. <laughs> and that leads into, actually, Dr. Allen again appears for a dentist commercial, uh, which is, uh, he actually has a pretty cool dentist shop, uh, or dentist office, I should say, where he has, like, video games and televisions yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Now, Mo, when you were growing up and you went to the dentist, I assume you went to the dentist. No. Um... Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mo. But <laughs> I did, I did. I'm sure you did. Did your 
dentists have any kind of bells and whistles like that? God, no. No, I went to, like, I didn't go to a kid dentist. I went to an adult. <laughs> Like an adult dental shop or shop, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I um, said shop yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> but Mo, Mo, like even a, even <laughs> adult shop. dentists now, if you go into them and get get work done, they have usually like a, a television hanging over your head and stuff. I got to tell you, I just recently had to find a new dentist and I must have found the one guy in the world who doesn't because all he has pictures, uh, all he has in his office is like pictures of India. You know, it's very weird. Is he Indian? No, he's an old Jew. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I do like the idea. Like like yourself, Mo, when I was growing up, my dentist's office did not have fuck all. Uh, most of them didn't even have magazines. But uh, <laughs> And also, now that I think about it, the guy didn't really look like a dentist at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why my ass hurt every time I was done. <laughs> His gas was the best. Anyway, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so <laughs> this dentist's office looks quite nice. It does. Oh, it looks great. We also get our first commercial for the post-news broadcast, live broadcast uh, with Frank Stewart. Uh, And let's hear a little bit of the voiceover to give you a sense of what we're going to get out of that. 20 years ago, the Weber House in Riverhill Township was the site of ghastly depravity. A case the local police dubbed the Spirit Board Murders. Now, WNUF-TV 28 <laughs> takes you on a horrifying journey through this supposedly haunted estate. <laughs> so just to, again, it's not just going to be a, a person walking through a house. He's got two paranormal experts joining him, as well as a holy man, a priest. And we'll certainly get to all of them <laughs> once we get into it. <laughs> and best of all, there will be a live call-in seance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, who in their right mind thought that that was going to be a good idea? <laughs> Back to the news. Uh, they're talking about the political attack ads, one of them that we already saw, uh, just about with the incumbent Mike Barlow. I love how it ends with um, with Robert Dandridge, the other guy, talking about, you know, I'm not going to get low like that, but if we want to talk about Barlow's infidelity. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's mostly fast forwarded through. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Oh yeah, then we go to real uh, quick, quick, real quick plug of uh, Frank Stewart's uh, live broadcast. Later, they cut to Frank for a second. I um I I believe it's it's Frank. Yeah, he, who has one of my one of the greatest like sort of like sly lines here, where he goes, "Well, witchy poo." <laughs> <laughs> Again, just reinforcing kind of a, a, a light scumbagginess to him. Uh, he's like, also he's like he's outside the house, the murder house that he's going to go into right. when they cut to him, and he's surrounded by people in costumes. <laughs> and of course, they're all terrible costumes for the most part. Mm-hmm. But that's going to become important in a little bit once he actually gets to talk to them. Right. And Deb, of course, ends this segment. In fact, I think I got the whole thing. Uh, and this is what is said. So, are you guys going to contact Elvis? Uh, just for you, Deb. Well, Frank, good luck. If you need anything, just scream. <laughs> nice knowing you. Oh. <laughs> so fucking stupid. It was almost, almost like, you know, uh, well, I forget. What t- ah, whatever. Oh, shit, bro. I, my brain just shut off for a second there. <laughs> So the next uh, news item is about how not everyone is uh, pleased by the fact that they're doing this special presentation after the news. Some viewers are disturbed, and they talk to a member of a group called Harvest, Harvest. who believes that Halloween is actually inappropriate 
for Christians. Uh, I guess the the representative is named Angela Harris. This woman reminds me of my ex-wife so much, it's disturbing. Well, she has this to say yep. about Halloween. Or is it the work of darker forces? Halloween is Satan's night, the night of the devil. Tonight, the vortex of hell opens. Witches, goblins, and heathens are united to praise the Prince of Darkness. I love how they play a little bit on that late 80s hysteria around Satanism. And yeah. how it, I mean, it was getting super out of control right around this time period. Right? Yeah, I, I do have to say that is almost like verbatim exactly something my ex-wife would say. Baboom. Yeah. Except she, ex- except she would add in that, that Halloween is Satan's birthday. <laughs> I don't know where the hell she got that one from. but That's whoa. why it's so badass. Oh, yeah. So she's creating a nationwide prayer ch- chain, uh, devoting <laughs> spiritual energy to the eradication of Halloween. <laughs> she, and there's a part in it where she goes, curses have been sent through the tricks and treats of the innocent. There's uh, goblins in the candy! <laughs> <laughs> but she ends with this. Satan wants your soul. And if you participate in Halloween, he shall have it. This is spiritual warfare. The streets are the battlefields. Be... Soldiers of Christ, stop your neighbors from celebrating Halloween. Save their souls. Save yours. Does that sound like a familiar quote to you? Uh, no. She was way too rational to sound like my ex. <laughs> well, we'll stop talking about your ex-wife. Mo. That's, that's fine. I, 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 I played a little bit. I played a little bit of audio from that because it might become important a little later on. Maybe. <laughs> so we go to another commercial break. Yeah, this this one I kind of lost track of the commercials, but I just wrote down my favorite one, uh, which is the uh, like the made for TV movie "Doggone It," which is about a secretary who hits a runaway canine and then has to fetch a plan to take care of her new best friend. She has to put her life on pause. <laughs> uh, the one that you missed here, Mo, were uh, the first commercial for Phil's Carpet Warehouse. Oh right, <laughs> which, which comes up like six times. Um, and then there is – oh, then there's a commercial about uh, cleaning the environment, but it's by an oil company. And there is a <laughs> – one of the, the lines in it is like cleaning the environment, unavoidable accidental oil spills. There's a lot we can do to pitch in. So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a winky thing. But you also uh, miss the Tokens Video Arcade and Pizzeria ad. Oh, right, right. Which yes. is the very best ad for an 80s video arcade slash pizzeria. Which I did mention over over on the No Budget Nightmares Facebook group. Uh, the, the games listed that they have are Blorgan, <laughs> Space Paranoids, <laughs> Slaphook, Monster Castle, Racer Highway, and my favorite, which is George Plimpton's Video Falconry, which is a reference to a uh, John Hodgman routine, which was then turned into an actual Flash video game. So if you want to play... <laughs> George Plimpton's Video Falconry, which is actually spelled a little wrong in this ad, uh, you can go and search that online and play it right now. Wait. Video Falconry. <laughs> what a ridiculous concept. The best yeah. ads, and you mentioned it already, Mo, uh, that, that occur are the ones that are referencing other programming on the network, like yeah. movies. Like, that doggone it one is so realistic. I, it's hard to believe that it's not actually a fucking movie. Like, I kind of want them. I like, like, I, I want the team that made this to go now and make Doggone It. Like, exactly. I, I want to watch it now. And uh, it does, it does end with an ad for uh, a demolition derby, uh, the Demons of Demolition Derby, <laughs> which has the great slogan: "We'll sell you the whole seat, but you're, but you're gonna, gonna need, need the, the edge." edge. <laughs> 
And then it starts fast forwarding, which is all, this is the only fast forwarding in the movie that it's a bit of a shame because it cuts back to the weatherman. Yeah. Doing the weather and he's dressed as a cowboy. <laughs> and you'll get from this little bit of audio why it's a shame that we don't get more of him. Yeah, I wish I could have seen this whole thing. <laughs> we'll see severe thunderstorms in the next few hours and on through the morning. A real natural disaster on a holiday of supernatural disasters. <laughs> oh, everyone can get their chick or cheating. Finish up early. Deborah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish you had grabbed her next line on there, too, because it's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. She goes, I'll probably just stay in and play with my cats, <laughs> which is such a great, like, little subtle joke. It's so good. <laughs> Kevin's response is, I hope they're not scaredy cats. Yeah, see that? But that sort of ruins, it kinda ruins the joke. It kind of ruins the joke. Which is perfect. Which is perfect. So this is the end, basically, of the news broadcast. Um, they are, they uh, are wishing everyone a, scare, a very scary and happy Halloween. We go back to commercials, including one, uh, a personal injury lawyer, the law offices. Feinstein and Goldenblatt. <laughs> then tonight on the late night movie, the mean streets of New York are taken over by an ancient mummy in the horror thriller Sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. <laughs> <laughs> and like and like this this next one the the wind up wildlife video like like that I mean like obviously those are like based off of a very real set of sure. videos that I can't fucking remember what the name of them were but like it's perfect like it's almost like they went back and just snagged that commercial for real and just tossed it up there it's and a it, VHS tape which has like cute animals on yeah, it. Yeah, it's for, like it's like the zoo the zoo's not open all year. Yeah. You know, and those animals don't like to come out and play. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, we lived through the 80s. We yeah. know how how, fuck, how accurate this is and also how in retrospect, who the fuck are buying these videos? Uh, oh, I knew people who had <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, I know, man. Trials of life and all that shit. <laughs> And then we get an ad again. It fast forwards for a second, and it goes to one of those ads for a one nine hundred number. Yeah, yeah, one nine hundred monster. <laughs> like I'm gonna, I'm gonna call up and talk to the mummy for you know, like, <laughs> like how how stimulating do you think that conversation? Oh, hey, Mister Mummy. <laughs> well, it's two dollars for the first minute and forty five cents each additional minute. Wow, that's actually a pretty good deal. And then they actually uh, show that same ad, the the Frank Stewart one from before, where he does the voiceover, kind of giving the uh, the the basics of what the broadcast is going to be. And then it goes live to Frank Stewart outside the murder house, and this is what he has to say to introduce it. Good evening, boils and ghouls. Hope that Halloween candy is still flowing in your neighborhood, and that those little gremlins haven't toilet papered your trees or soaked your windows. I'm Frank Stewart, and we're here in front of the infamous Weber House, where 20 years ago, Donald Weber killed his parents after consulting a supposedly demonic board game. I l- <laughs> demonic board game. I mean, I love, <laughs> I love that they they can't say like Ouija board. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's they always can't, yeah, they can't wooden say spirit Ouija, board. So. Yeah, right, right, right. And I love, I love that he says "Good evening, boils and ghouls" because it's such a like a horror host thing to say. Yeah, absolutely. But like, uh, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but a, a couple of years back, uh, well, for for a couple of years, I did it two years in a row. I I I, well, I don't know why I stopped doing them, but um, for uh, for after movie diner for John Cross's podcast, uh, I did. A uh, little short horror host segments for it, where I was like creepy Uncle Mo or something like that, <laughs> you know. And and that, and, right. and that was my opening line for all of them. Good evening, boils and ghouls. 
Uh, we need an episode of No Budget Nightmares where you're in your creepy Uncle Mo. Dude. No, I. you know what? Like, I, I played it back for somebody, and I had never really noticed this, but they're basically like, yeah, you sound like Grover from Sesame Street. Hey! And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that's... Let's Probably. hear more of your Grover impression. I, 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 it's one of those things you have to like get into the mindset. Yeah, yeah. So and... like, I, you're the monster at the end of the book, and I'm turning the pages, <laughs> and you're very upset about it. I am very upset. <laughs> Tell us how upset you are. <laughs> that was like my favorite book when I was. That a was kid. my favorite book as a kid. Aww. I couldn't stop reading it. It's also the best possible book to read to like your kid or your nephew or something right, like that right. because you can act it all out, and uh, and he's just losing his goddamn Muppet mind. It's oh. so much fun. <laughs> Uh, spoiler alert, the Muppet at the end, sorry, the monster at the end of the book, it's actually just Grover. It's Grover. It's Grover. Oh, I'm the mon- mon- Muppet at the end of the, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, I tried, I fucked it, up. You did a great job. I Mo. fucked up. A great job. So, uh, we, oh, we, we, we learn a little bit about the broadcast. So they're talking about, again, as we mentioned before, they're going to have some paranormal investigators, um. And they also, uh, Frank mentions that he has his brave producer, Veronica Stanzi, and she <laughs> rushes out with a chainsaw and scares the shit out of him. <laughs> She's wearing a, wearing a hockey mask and a chainsaw. I love the fact that they pronounce her name Stanzi. I think yeah. that's fantastic because it's a, it's a nod, obvious nod to Ghostbusters, but not like, like they're not using the, his pronunciation. I actually know? thought it was a reference to Eric Stanzi, the director of Ratline, but oh, maybe, maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe. I, I yeah. Again, maybe it's not a reference to anything at all. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I, see, but you're I right. Yours makes a lot of sense, especially because there's going to be a Ghostbusters reference upcoming. See, and I didn't even think about that one, which is re- which makes me real, feel really bad because I'm Facebook friends with him. <laughs> well, feel bad. That's I, okay. I, I'll feel bad. Whatever. <laughs> Sorry, so, Eric. So, uh, Veronica, she's the producer. They're going to check back her throughout the broadcast. And um, just as he's about to pitch to the first break... Someone rushes in and yells this. We're going to talk to the paranormal, actually they're a husband-wife team, uh, Claire and Louis Berger, uh, and we're going to uh, talk... This is blasphemy! Hey, what the hell? hell. Who the hell let this guy on the site? (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell let this guy on the site? I'm Frank Stewart. My my favorite thing about that, that is how Frank kind of he he like bounces back to all of these interruptions. It's yeah. like he's just expecting it. Because I guess if you're an investigative reporter, there's people trying to take your fucking mic away all the time. Like, yeah, you you can tell. Like, it's it's so great. Like, like um, you know, for it being a, a news story, you know, it's great like how like how much backstory they're giving you on Absolutely. Frank just in just by how he interacts with things. Yeah. You know? So it's it's obvious he's done a lot a lot of these live news reports where there's constantly people trying to fuck with him. <laughs> it's I wonder how much is the actor bringing that to it and how much right. is the writing but right, wh- right, whatever right. the balance is I mean it's a, it really works well. It's, and I mean yeah. that casting of that of Frank that is so important for the rest of the fucking movie. It's so good. It's now, so we, good. We should say now, Mo, we're going to spoil this. Uh, the, the movie's not that old. It's only, again, three years old. And a lot of you probably haven't had an opportunity to see it. And Yeah, and, I, I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. And, and uh, again, we don't, we don't like to ruin people's experiences. And certainly, ideally, you'd be experiencing this without knowing anything about it. But, I mean, let's face it. That's just not going to happen in this context. Right, we're right, talking right. about the movie and the context of how it was made. But we are going to go all the way to the end. So uh, if there is a point where you're like, boy, I, I don't really want to know how it all turns out, feel free to turn this off. Then go watch it. Buy a copy and watch it. And then come back and listen to the rest of this fucking episode. Yeah. 
Then we get uh, a Phil's Carpet Warehouse ad again. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes into sort of like uh, it's a, uh, a kind of a takeoff on Big Brothers, Big Sisters. It's big guys, small fries, uh, where you can become a mentor and change a child's life. At the Chase Street Family Center. It's so sincere. That's what I like so much about it. It's like yeah, there's, yeah. There's, no, there's, there's no suggestion that this is bullshit at all. Nope. And then there's Nelson Computerized Tax Prep. Entire love, program this, on yeah. five discs. On five discs. <laughs> and a complete manual that you can just do your taxes yourself. And then is the one of my other favorite ads. This which is, is absolutely one of my favorite ones, uh, without a doubt. It's an ad for a science fiction TV show called Galaxy, Galaxy Pilot. Galaxy Pilot and the Laser Brigade. <laughs> and the Laser Brigade. And what's great about it is this voiceover is trying to explain the plot of it. And it uses all of these ridiculous <laughs> science fiction terms. And I'm not even going to try to say them. I'm going to no, play it. No, just play it. Yeah. Ten years into deep space, Captain Russell Hawk pilots his archer as he leads his laser brigade into battle to save the galaxy. The mysterious Kalthons have started depleting the Timonian mines of Getka 7. Are things happening in the Ellswick Quadrant? Chancellor Nolan discover the Freeman Uprising. Find out in the next thrilling episode of Galaxy Pilot and the Laser Brigade, part of the Embassy Action Pack, every Saturday is- morning at 9. That is such good writing. <laughs> such that, good writing. The guy who they got to do the voiceover on that is perfect. 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 Unbelievably accurate. <laughs> There's like, some stations that still have that exact same fucking promo now. Yeah. So that brings us back to the special, uh, where Frank immediately apologizes for the guy who uh, ran on the screen, uh, talking about how anything can happen on live television. But again, that guy who ran on talking about blasphemy, that might be important. <laughs> we'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, there are people surrounding him dressed in costumes, as I mentioned before, and he's basically talking, talking to each, to, to the people around him about what they think about the house. <laughs> and of course, their responses are entirely insipid because that's exactly how they would be in real life. Mm-hmm. There's a guy dressed as Dracula who, who says, somebody died in this house? <laughs> he just, he's blank stare, has no <laughs> idea what's going on. But I love, uh, I love the, the bunny guy's response. Where he just basically just lays it out what happened, <laughs> and Frank. Uh, and Frank just goes like, "Oh, that's 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 fairly accurate." <laughs> <laughs> I like how surprised he would be that someone <laughs> gave a coherent response. <laughs> so then it goes to a pre-taped piece, basically going through the entire case of the of the haunted house. Uh, so the the idea is back in 1967, Donald Weber, who was the son of the the family that lived there. He discovered a wooden spirit board, a.k.a. a Ouija board, and he became obsessed with it, and it started to tell him to do basically illegal acts like stealing and and vandalism. And then one night, he ended up decapitating his parents with an axe, and the police found him on a curb saying that the demons made him do it. And he ended up being executed in 1981, and uh, and since then, uh, the house has has laid dormant, I should say, or actually before then, because they say it's, I guess, been like 20 years since someone has been in there, and it's supposed to take place in 87, and there might be a passageway between our world and the spirit world. And they actually talked to a local cop. He's, uh, he's, He's one of those people who are uh, you know, in all these news stories where they're blanked out so you can't see their face. And he's he's speaking anonymously. And he tells this story about going into the house during a call and that uh, a, a woman walks towards him. In fact, she doesn't walk. She just floats towards him and her head right. falls off. And apparently when he goes outside, the Sarge said that they've all seen it. And we don't talk about it. So then Frank goes back <laughs> to talking to the crowd. And this is another one of my favorites. This is great, too. Like <laughs> he, he talks to a guy. What's this guy dressed as again? Uh, he's just like a bum, I think. Yeah, I think he's like a bum, and this yeah. is what happens. 
I'm going to ask some questions of our crowd here. Uh, sir, tell me, uh, do you believe in ghosts? No, but I know who to call if there are. Is that right? Yeah, and, and who would that be? Ghostbusters. Oh, very funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very funny. Thank you. <laughs> I like how like, the guy even seems unsure if he should answer the Ghostbusters <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> but I, yeah, like just every time Frank interacts with somebody, like it just, it's, it's a laugh moment every single time. Cause you know, they're going to fuck with him and you know, he's going to get pissed off at them. Oh yeah. Thank, thank you very much. Yeah, the next person I think talks about Casper, the friendly ghost. Right, right, right. And then Frank mocks him because Casper isn't real. Like everything he's talking about is going to be real. <laughs> and, <laughs> And he starts and he starts talking to him about like, oh yeah, and I bet you like you know you you, you still believe in Santa Claus and like the Easter Bunny. <laughs> and then uh, the, I guess the next woman she talks about that she's uh, she believes in, in friendly ghosts, friendly and happy ghosts, yeah. <laughs> and and then one woman says that she's seen a ghost. This this is great too because she starts talking. About, oh, I saw a ghost. Yeah, I saw a ghost in a top hat. And then he starts making like Lincoln jokes. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that this really establishes is the idea that Frank. Even though this is a live broadcast and it's supposed to be serious, that he's not taking it very seriously as no. it starts, which yeah. is great because it becomes – as he starts taking it more seriously later on, that it really becomes a nice counterpoint to these early ridiculous scenes. Right. Uh, and then we, so, get a, we get a man in an ape suit who just yeah. makes a bunch of monkey noise. Do, do you think he was a skunk ape? <laughs> oh, skunky! Skunky, I, what do you have to say about that? And he, he just ooks. <laughs> he goes, ook, ook. <laughs> oh, skunky. Oh, skunky. I feel like Wrath of the Skunk Ape is going to have a weirdly long impact on this fucking show. I feel like, I mean, like, well, it's going to be like Suburban Sasquatch, where, like, I mean, I wish we were still playing audio clips from previous episodes, you know, because I, I feel like, like, uh, we would just hit a button randomly and just be, oh, skunky! <laughs> you know, I could do that. Now, let's not do that now, but maybe no, I'll no, bring back not- a skunky button for any future skunky references. <laughs> So we go back to the commercials once again. And of course, now by I'm the way, to, now I'm trying to think of the song that he's like, oh, you know, skunky, won't you come in? <laughs> we go to commercials, by the way. Now, we mentioned at the beginning, there is a shitload of commercials in this. There's almost too many, but it is an accurate amount of commercials. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, no, there's definitely way too many commercials, but it's accurate. So I, so I can't complain about that at all. So we get one for Gordon's Petting Zoo, talking about <laughs> it's open through the fall. You can pet llamas and rabbits and pigs and ponies Yay. if one is so inclined. Well, I want to pet a pony. And uh, and what comes next after that? Uh, Epsilon Airlines. That's right, Epsilon Airlines. And which which I thought was pr- – this one was pretty wild because they have – there's uh, – in the commercial, there's yeah. a, a shot of the New York skyline with the Twin Towers in there, which is like – Right. Wow. I mean, it's it's – there's nothing explicit being said there. No, no, but. no, no, nothing at all. No, no, no. I, I wasn't even implying that. I just thought that it was it was great. Like it was a great way to date the material that yeah. there would still be, you know, like a like a New York skyline twin tower shot there. And then we get an ad for the TV show Chicago, Chicago Lightning, Lightning. <laughs> where cops Dutch and Badger are on the trail of a criminal mastermind with a shocking climax. Dutch and Badger. <laughs> TV Guide is calling it hot. Fresh and bad to the bone. <laughs> of, of course, of course. It Chicago is. Lightning, Jesus. 
<laughs> so when we return, Frank introduces us to Louis Berger and his wife, Claire. They are the Burgers, obviously mm-hmm. uh, based on Ed and Lorraine Warren, the Warrens, uh, and just as fake as they are. Uh, sorry yeah. to fans of The Conjuring and Conjuring 2. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, they're obviously based on them. The only addition uh, is that they have a cat. Shadow. Shadow is the cat. Shadow cat. Like uh, from the X-Men. Remember Shadow Cat? Yeah. She could have walked through walls. She yeah, had no, a, uh, yes, I remember. <laughs> she, had a, she, had a, she had a dragon. What was the dragon's name? I, I, dude. I don't dragon? Know, was his name Dragon? I, I, I beat the fuck out of me, man. Shadow Cat. What was her real name? Dude. You know, you know what I remember about Shadow Cat? She mm. thinks Pro- Professor X is a jerk. <laughs> uh, you know what I remember about Shadow Cat? What's that? The fact that she was named Shadow Cat. That's about it. She had sex with that metal guy. Colossus? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. <laughs> so anyway, they're about to enter the house. Uh, and uh, Frank says that earlier this week, he sat down and talked to the Burgers, who gave an extensive history with their uh, occult, um, I guess, investigations. And which, that is goes- ho- which is hilarious, because there's like nothing extensive at all about the <laughs> pre-taped segment that they do. So they do go to the piece, the pre-taped one, uh, where they talk about uh, the... Uh, the I, was off, I was just about to say the Warrens just then. <laughs> but the, the uh, Burgers, they opened the Massachusetts uh, Center for Psychic Phenomenon back in 1954, uh, and they basically investigate cases of ghosts and demons and poltergeists and visitors from other dimensions with the help of their cat, Shadow. So that's fun. There's a part, my favorite part yeah. of this is there's a part where they show them putting a headset on the cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here, here, honey, listen to this EVP and let me know if you hear anything. <laughs> that's, that's a positive response. So we go uh, back to live and uh, Frank talks to the uh, doctor and his wife. About, you know, basically what are ghosts. Um, right. the, the and he, su- he, he talks something about the soul swelling with pain. He's like, oh, yeah. you're like actually swelling? He's like, yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's, uh, and we learn that Claire can see auras. <laughs> that leads to a great exchange where Frank is like, do you see in a good aura here? And she just goes, like, I, I see an aura. An aura. <laughs> <laughs> Which his follow-up <laughs> is this. Let me ask you a question. Has anyone ever called you Claire the Clairvoyant? No. Okay, I see you brought your uh, feline partner. Oh, man. No. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, I see you brought your feline partner, and then uh, Lewis is like, oh, that's a good term. Yeah, right. And then, of course, fucking Frank calls it a very pretty pussy because, of course, he does. Yeah, because you you know that he's trying to get away with every possible thing he can, you know, just to fill the time and (laughs) cure, cure his own boredom. So they say they're about to, uh, that's another thing, by the way, they're constantly saying they're about to go inside. They keep going to commercials and never actually starting. But uh, this is the first instance of uh, the possibility of something supernatural happening. Frank turns up and he says that he sees something flash in the window yeah, uh, and that nobody is inside there at the moment. So something must be up there. Something's in the house. And we're gonna find bum, out what it is. Bum, bum. Yeah, I mean, and they do. You know, there is a shadow that goes by the by the uh, by the window. Not not shadow the cat, of course. Ha ha ha, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so we go, I'm keeping my jokes on par for the film. You know, <laughs> we go back to commercials. First is uh, another political attack ad about uh, voting Robert Dandridge for governor. It does list right. the things 
that the other guy did, higher taxes, gun control, abortions. <laughs> because, of course. Then we go to the Fate Talk Fortune Hotline, which is uh, like one of those psychic hotlines from the 80s. Yep. Let the stars guide your destiny. And then get ready for food, dancing, and crafts. It's the 18th annual Greek festival this weekend. <laughs> They're almost too accurate. Uh, then, then there's an environmental commercial about from the Clean Earth Society about right, making America right. a beautiful country. And, and, then, uh, and then another brilliant uh, <laughs> local programming commercial for a show called Armed to Strike. About a guy coming back from the army to find his hometown overrun by crime. <laughs> so him and his friend clean up the scum of the earth. It's basically Walking Tall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the TV <basically>. series. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd watch Armed to Strike. It sounds pretty good. I would too. So when we return to the WNUF Halloween special, Frank has sent the audience home. They're about to go inside, opening the doors for the first time in 20 years. And uh, the location that they found for this is pretty great, actually, because you do get a sense that it's like a real big, expansive house. They go inside. Uh, it's very dank and musty, as Frank says. Mm-hmm. And when they walk in, they hear some knocking from upstairs. And at first, Frank that it thinks that it might be another prank. Um, and he talks to Claire about it, whether she feels anything. And I love this too. It's like, she says, it's like, just give me a minute and I'll see if I can feel anything. And he's like, we're on live television. Do you feel anything? You got- <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take a whole minute. <laughs> what's, and, what's, what's your first impressions? That's so eventually she says that there's like a terrible, overwhelming feeling of like malevolence there, which leads him to say, Oh, this is so good. Uh, Claire, Claire, are we in danger here? We're not safe. And maybe that will translate to some good ratings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're not safe. Well, <laughs> uh, and uh, then Shadow jumps out of his owner's arms and runs upstairs, which is something that very much annoys the burgers, who uh, apparently they're not used to their cat doing that. Though they did mention outside that the cat was kind of spooked by whatever was going on. So uh, that leads to the burgers actually going after the cat, which is great because it allows us to be introduced to the uh, final member of our group here, Father Matheson. Father Joseph Matheson. Joseph Matheson, possibly, I guess, uh, named after Richard Matheson, but who gives a shit because who plays (laughs) Father Matheson? Oh, friend of the show, Robert Long. Robert Long, who, again, Robert is the reason that we're covering this on the episode uh, this episode of No Budget Nightmares, because weeks ago he had sent me an email uh, just mentioning that he was in this pro- in this movie. And I said, hey, I've seen it. I love the WNUF Halloween special. And then it was right in my brain when we were trying to think of what we were going to cover. And I wanted to cover something good. I'm like, I know something that's good. And it features a friend of the show in it. Yeah, there uh, he, he uh, Robert has a couple of my favorite moments in the entire film. At one of which I screenshot and and, sh- and shared in the No Budget Nightmares. Uh, that same moment, I earlier that day had asked him a uh, little bit of trivia about that, which I'll 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 relate once we get to it as All well. Right. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, Robert's really good in this, and uh, he is we very good. We don't just say that. Uh, the fact is, most of the movies we watch on this uh, program, No Budget Nightmares, ha- have horrible. Acting, but the and, act- and and the fact is, is that we already have a precedent set that we have no problem telling our friends that they're terrible in movies. That's exactly it. And yeah. and again, we uh, we're not trying to be brutal or anything like that. But the fact is, Robert's really good in this. He is and, really good in it. I give uh, him credit, especially because we, he there's something about his character which will be revealed a little bit later that gives a kind of an extra layer to what's going on. Uh, and and that is something that's kind of hinted at early and becomes more explicit. And he does a really good job with that. Yep. 
So, like you said, Mo, there are hints that Frank is like an old hippie because he he keeps responding to to things with like far out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's that's groovy, man. But Frank does ask Father Madison about uh, if he was taught to perform exorcisms, uh, and the father says that he was taught at the monastery uh, how to do uh, how to do one, and then he elaborates a little bit like this. Yeah, I mean, as far as this is concerned, I I would have to say I've never had to perform one. Yet. Well, and Father, I hope you don't have to tonight, but I got to tell you, there is something strange going on in this house. You just might have to do that tonight, Father. Well, we'll have to see about that. I mean, the uh, the church rarely grants such a request. I, I love his response there because the idea is, no, I'm definitely not going to do an exorcism. That's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. And stop trying to pressure me into it. And then Frank just keeps going back to it. I think we need to do an exorcism on this house. He, they, <laughs> yeah, and and even the uh, even the burgers get a, get in on it at some yes, point. That's where, right. And like when the burgers ask for it too, like like um, Matheson's like response is so great. Where he just kind of holds his hands up. And he's just like. Ugh. <laughs> 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 so we cut to the producer Veronica for a moment, who mentions that there is a storm brewing and it's about to rain, but that soon we will be going down to the basement of the house, which is where the murders actually took place. Then we go to the commercials once again. A running theme in this movie that that really I got a huge kick out of was like every time they say they're going to do something, something else pops up that stops them from doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely, every and single time. And when they finally do that thing, they usually just, like, appear <laughs> there as opposed yeah, to, like... just <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the first commercial now, we get Mr. Chip's Computer Learning Center, uh, where you can learn how to use floppy disks, create and play games, and learn how computers can help you live a healthier life. And then we've got uh, one one of my favorite commercials uh, uh, in the movie as well. Man, I cannot talk today. Uh-huh. Um, the, the, uh, the Broadcast Institute of Te- uh, Television and Radio... Uh, the reason why I love this so much is because here in Connecticut, where I am, there was, and I know this wasn't just like a local thing. I know they were kind of all over the place, but there was the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Right. And, and like the commercials that we used to get for them, I mean, almost exactly like yeah. this. You know, and then there was the, uh, what was the other one too? There was the Columbia School of Broadcasting as well. I mean, uh, I mean, again, there would be like national schools like that. I mean, these commercials right, right, right. Were, were kind of... Um, they were all over the place in the well, 80s well, the, and early 90s. Yeah, and my favorite thing about about like the whole connection with that was that not too long ago, uh, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting went under because it was found <laughs> out that there was just like this, it was just this fucking like, um, like not like a joke, but like there wasn't like accredited or anything. Right. And, like, and, I like, figured that they were all scams of yeah, some yeah, sort. Yeah, it was a total fucking scam. <laughs> And that goes into another piece of programming, which I, now I didn't get the name of the sitcom here. Is it King of Vessel Lane or something like that? Oh, I th- see. I I thought it was Castle Jack. That makes a lot more sense. I thought yeah. I know that the character I think that is being so. This is like a very special episode of a of a sitcom right. where where the uncle comes to live in the with the family, and the uncle has a drinking problem, <laughs> which uh, which is <laughs> proven to us by this. Uncle Jack was drinking something that looked like medicine. You drank a bottle of vanilla extract. I'm sorry. Did you want some? (laughs) I have a drinking problem, Jack. I don't have a drinking... And then he just starts (laughs) fast-forwarding. I don't have a (laughs) drinking... So, uh, during the commercial break, we discover that the burgers have found sound evidence of some paranormal activity in the house, and that Claire is suddenly feeling 
a presence. But now they have audible confirmation. Uh, and we actually, they play it to Frank. And it's great because they play it and it does sound like, they do that thing where they say what the response is saying. Right. So you can make out the word and then they play it again. And of course it does sound like it's saying it because uh, you're already thinking of that word. But anyway, that's just what it sounds like. Right. Are there any spirits in the house that would like to talk with us tonight? Did you hear that? I, did I, you hear the, the voice? I did hear something. Did I, you hear what it said? I, I, I couldn't said, quite tell what it said. It said leave. It said leave. Yes. I heard something. Okay. Let me, let me, let me play it again for you, okay? Okay. It's in the house that would like to talk with us tonight. You had to hear that. So that's that's very similar, by the way. Um, we did an episode of on Eric Roberts is the fucking man, where oh. <laughs> where uh, Eric Roberts thought he had a ghost in his house, so they use one of those recorders which record on a special wavelength or whatever the fuck, and then uh, they'll play the audio back later, and like everyone's sitting around this tape recorder trying to pick out words that are being said, like because they're just random sounds that kind of sound like words. It's like, did they say teenager? It sounded like teenager. I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> Again, I'm not trying to mock. <laughs> I'm not trying to mock our listeners who believe in spooks, but um, I, I am. Yeah, please. come on, let's grow up, everybody. Please, <laughs> nonsense. Conjuring two now in theaters. That actually was though a pretty uh, like legitimately spooky moment. Like with like, oh, we found you know like like with like not so much like the lead up to it, but like the actual part where like with the leave, you know. I, I thought yeah, that was absolutely. Cool. I like I like that. Uh, we'll talk about this more once it, once the movie uh, the or the or the special comes to a close. But all this it, it actually kind of rewards a second viewing because it all kind of pieces together a little bit differently right, than you right. might think. So um, they uh, they Frank at this point says, well, maybe they should go to the basement and even suggest that maybe the cat is there because they haven't found the cat since it went missing. Yeah, this uh, and this is the moment where they ask Father Matheson to perform. Where Claire asks Father Matheson to perform the exorcism. <laughs> and he, and he's just like, no, he is hesitant. <laughs> so they start to head towards the basement, but then as they're going, they hear some strange noises in the the room that they just were. They go back to it, and all the equipment that they were just listening to is all been trashed. And the burgers are freaking out, so they go right to a commercial, and they're freaking out for good reason. And, and, for- and but the funny thing is, they're not like freaking out because, um, like, they're not freaking out <laughs> because like the, the, it's evidence that there's ghosts in the house. They're freaking out because their equipment was destroyed. Yeah, right. And they'll go <laughs> and back, it be- to and that. it becomes this, yeah, it becomes a, a running gag in, in the uh, in the in the film. Uh, these commercials, there's actually another amusing one coming up. The first, we get the Avalon Beach Rentals mm-hmm. <laughs> for some reason. And then we get a tampon commercial. Stay sure tampons. Stay sure. It's a, it's a, uh, two women playing, um, tennis. Uh, <laughs> again, realistic, though this one's a little bit more ridiculous than a lot of the other ones. <laughs> How yeah. about round two? It ends with. And then the uh, American Electric Company, uh, affordable support for residential homes and businesses. And mm-hmm. then, uh, oh yeah, WNUF late Fridays, they play the, it's the quarry. The All quarry. The you'll need. Some TVs only go up to go- M, ours go up to Q. So we return and Veronica, she uh, tells us that what we just saw with the smashed equipment was unscripted and unplanned, but that they are now going to do a live call-in seance. I love the live seance. This is my favorite part of the whole special. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is exactly as horrible and misguided as you would think it would be. Yep. <laughs> but not in a way that's so unbelievable that it, it becomes like, like, why are they doing this? Right, right. Uh, so they go into the room and it's set up like a seance. And we have Frank and, and, and the burgers and, uh, and Father Matheson there as well. And they open up the phone lines and the first caller 
is Ian from Fairview. Go ahead with your question. Iron Maiden rules! White Lion sucks! Okay, I, re- I really don't understand that. It's obviously some kind of prank. So listen, people, this is a very serious thing. We've got one of the experts in the world. This is the first live on TV seance. Please let's not waste her time or our time and call in with your real questions for the entities in this house. I like that Like Dr. Berger is obviously steaming mad while all this is going on. And he keeps like referencing to Frank, like yeah. who's going to pay for my equipment. He's just super <laughs> pissed off. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, it's like Claire keeps going on about the cat. Uh, Lewis keeps going on about the equipment, you know, and like, here's my one problem with this, with this scene is that they should have had at least one caller come through like who was asking a legit question because the next caller comes through and says, says, Oh yeah. Could you, could you contact my dead grandmother and call Tell her she's a bitch. You See, know, I, I disagree because I, I mean, if anything, the segment, I guess should have been a little longer to maybe allow right. for that. But right. I love the idea that they did the seance and got no legitimate questions. The right, idea is right. like the only people watching this are people who don't give a shit about it. <laughs> 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 I love that. She says she call her grandmother a bitch. And Frank starts complaining about the language that she just used. <laughs> so, um, the, the priest, uh, Father Matheson, he asks Claire about uh, the the spirits that she's in contact with. What do they want? And she says that they want justice because there's been a sense of betrayal and how they've been wronged. And then the, the priest asks how old they are. And she says that they're older. And then they ask if it could be Paul and Linda Weber. And she says that it's possible. And then Frank pulls out this crazy theory that maybe Donald didn't kill his parents and that he could have been framed. <laughs> but uh, apparently that's too complex to get an answer from. <laughs> So we also get an, another anonymous caller. Who just uh, yells that they're going to burn in hell. B- burn in the fiery pits of hell. Uh, yeah. At this point, uh, clever viewers of the WNUF Halloween special may have started to uh, picked up on, on, a, on a few reoccurring themes that might play into the ending of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I do like how Frank, uh, you know... Uh, his his next comment after this, how he asks, he's like, oh, well, you know, maybe ask the spirits if they have any, like, stock tips or, like, lucky numbers. Or, you know. <laughs> I love how he's, like, he's totally nonplussed by what the fuck is going on, but still has to talk about how serious it is every two seconds. Right. Then they hear a cat squeal, and everyone runs off, going to another commercial. We get another commercial for Phil's Carpet Warehouse, and then we get... Feel the Feel steel. The steel. So I, I wrote down, I know you did too, but I wrote oh, yeah. down all of the bands on here and a couple of them made me really fucking laugh. So, uh, so just to let people know, so this is a compilation album of metal hits right. where they're, they're playing like, they're playing some of the songs in the background while they're listing all the titles on the screen. Right. And why don't we go back and forth on them, Mo? All right. Now I didn't write down the song titles. I just wrote down the band oh, okay. names, but uh, um, all right. So yeah, so it starts off with, uh, with Jackson. Which I thought was a great fucking name. J-A-X-X-O-N. J-A-X-X-O-N, yeah. Then Dust Devils. Then Pyro Fire, spelled with two Ys. And then Carburetor, spelled in a way I don't even want to try to explain. Don't even explain it, yeah. (laughs) And this next one, I'm glad this one landed on me because, um, like, this one holds a special place in my heart. That's right. Because it's called DEFCON. And I don't know who remembers this or knows this, but I used to be in a band called the DEFCON 5. So I think that's fucking awesome. But they they spell it, and I love how it's like an acronym. It's like D period, E period, F period. But they spell it K-O-N, which I think is great. 
Then we get Northern Northern Aggression with their song Confederate Dollars. <laughs> And then one of the better names of the groups, Epistle Whip. <laughs> Followed by Cannibal with a K and a Y. <laughs> and then we get Wanted. Which is such a generic fucking Just name. such a generic name. It's too perfect. It's like Salty Dog. And we end off with a Rotor, R-O-T-O-R, which is probably a reference to the movie. Rotor, I, would, I would imagine it would. Which it is also, I think, uh, just an acronym in that movie as well. Right, right. And then we get another pro- piece of programming on the network. Move over, Dirty Harry. There's a new gunslinger in town. Oh no, this is a uh, this is a shooting range ad. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. But but that is what they say. It's yeah, it, it it's you. It turns average people into action heroes and pistol packing mamas. Come feel the warm embrace of the Second Amendment. <laughs> that's that's what again one of my favorite lines in the entire fucking movie. Come feel the warm embrace of the Second Amendment. So, uh, and then the the last commercial before going back is just a stop drugs, save your children. Yeah, yeah, which is actually the second one. We actually skipped over the first one, but um, yeah, that's the second one. We get we got a couple more like that as well, I believe. So this is the point in the special where shit goes wrong. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't mean in terms of the quality. I mean for the people who are taking part in this special, things are going bad. And they go bad really explicitly and really immediately. So In a spectacular way, yeah. Yeah. So we go back, and when we return, the Burgers and Frank are fighting big time. And they're really, really upset. Yeah. And uh, briefly, the cameraman who's pointing at them, he points down, and uh, we see that their cat is dead and ripped apart on the ground. Yeah, it's like head smashed it. It's pretty gross. It's pretty gross, and, it, and it's it's actually very effective that they only that they only cut the shot down to it for like a second. And when yeah. they do, Frank yells at the cameraman. It's like, yeah, don't yeah, show yeah. that, right? Right. So, which is yeah. which is ironic given stuff that's been you know freely shown in the media <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, no kidding. And also, yeah. it's actually ironic in the context of this, considering that there's a news piece coming up which actually shows animal cruelty, right? Uh, right. In just a bit, anyway. So uh, it, Frank, who's trying to uh, maintain himself in this craziness, he sends it back over to Veronica, who has this to say: On behalf of myself, Frank Stewart and WNUF as a whole, I would like to apologize to our viewers for the painful image you just saw. But not the ones you're about to see. We will continue with the Halloween (laughs) special in just a few moments. But for now, please enjoy this video about dentist Stanley Allen's Candy for Kids (laughs) trick-or-treating buyback program. So they just play this, they play the same news report from earlier. And I like, I like how she fucks up the line too, because it's very authentic. Like, yeah. like if you're in the moment like that, you're not going to get the name right. Uh, so they, they, yeah, so they play the news report from earlier, but they just fast forward through it immediately, which brings us right to more commercials. Which I'm actually really thankful that they fast forwarded through it. Cause man, it, watching that again would have been tough. It's one of those things where you can kind of feel the guiding hand of the creator of this uh, special, but it makes it so much easier to watch by doing right. stuff like that. Right, right, right. So we get a commercial for Joey's Pets. Anything and everything you need to give man's best friend all he needs. We, we had, had you, you at, at Wolf. wolf. <laughs> Follow, followed by Good Standing Bar and Grill, which has the best <laughs> local music, including the bands Beth Hornbury, Paper Trail, and Closed for Repairs. How many bands do you think out there are called Closed for Repairs? I, I guarantee you there are at least 4,000. What comes next? Uh, Frumkey's Wine Coolers. Premium Wine Coolers. Premium then, Wine Coolers. This has I a got, Dracula I got to tell, tell you, the the bottle that they used for this is so good. <laughs> it's like so, no wine cooler would ever come in like 
that fancy of a bottle. So I like I love the fact that like they used that to sort of you know help denote that it's a premium wine. <laughs> and I imagine that the name Frumkis is a, a reference to Roy Frumkis, the director of Document of the Dead and writer of Street Trash. Maybe, Maybe. I mean he uh, he uh, he still shows up in a lot of low budget productions. Tuesday, 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 the Demons of Demolition Derby return. <laughs> Again. And then uh, the shops at Chesterton Mall this Saturday. You can meet Zachary Bannon from Galaxy Pilot. See, that's that was a great little nod there, too. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then it even says that he's going to be signing stuff outside of tokens, which kind of brings everything together in terms right. of like, uh, it being like a real location. Yeah. So we go back to the special, and Frank has to reinforce that this is not a stunt or Halloween prank. The grisly evidence is real. Something killed the pet. And in fact, the the burgers at this point have now, according to Frank, have left the house. Have left the house, which I was kind of glad of because they're kind of irritating as characters. They really are. I, like, I, I didn't care for them too much. <laughs> but thankfully, we still have Father Matheson there. Uh, and he does ask Father Matheson if he believes that there are demonic entities in the house. And at this point, Father Matheson is starting to shut down. Yeah, oh yeah, he is in like pure shock and completely afraid. Yeah, he does not want to be in a haunted house anymore. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, this does uh, uh, breach the question about whether satanic activity has been on the increase. Uh, and uh, and uh, Or apparently, I guess, in the city, pagan vandalism and animal sacrifices is something that's actually been happening. Mm. So uh, that actually leads to another story about that very topic. But Frank first has to give this introduction. Now, I have to warn you. Some of the parts of the story are a bit intense, so our more sensitive viewers, you're watching with your kids, uh, to change the channel for just a bit, but make sure to come back to us. For the rest of you, check this out. Be sure to come back. I love you. The rest of you, check this out. <laughs> and and it does. It's got like uh, some uh, like a a dead dog carcass. It shows briefly. Yeah, I think. it's pretty. It's pretty graphic. But it's really all about how uh, satanic activity is on the rise, and this is a very important section of the movie because it introduces us to two recent stories, including a Pittsburgh college student who murdered his girlfriend. And what's this guy's name? Uh, Ted Sheets. Ted Sheets. The devil made him do it. My my current Facebook profile picture. <laughs> and in Dayton, Ohio, a pet hospital worker sacrificed a bunch of stray cats. Her name? Gladys Polonia. So uh, obviously some uh, references to some... No budget nightmares and low budget cinema favorites here in this segment. Did you catch the uh, the little bit of a gr- graffiti that they had that spelled Satan wrong? No, but that's perfect, eh? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's spelled. They spelled it S A T I N. <laughs> Hail Satan! <laughs> I love how it ends with local police have asked all residents to keep an eye out for cult related activity. <laughs> <laughs> so we return back to the special where Frank is begging. Madison, Father Madison, to do an exorcism, and I like how he I, th- th- again another brilliant line in this too, where where Matheson says that you should just call call in the police, and Frank just goes, "We can't put handcuffs on a ghost." <laughs> <laughs> so Frank is basically just badgering him and badgering He's just him, demanding that he perform an exorcism until until uh, Father Madison eventually agrees, and then he goes to conversion. He goes, "When we come back, an exorcism." <laughs> So, uh, if you want to read more about the burgers, Mo, in this commercial, they talk about their book, Abomination, the Devil in Akron. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It looks, it looks like a very entertaining book. I wonder if it's a reference to The Abomination. Uh, the probably. Abomination! Remember Maybe. that? Yes, I do. Well, yes. York Ridge Popcorn 
It's that good. I love this sexy popcorn commercial. <laughs> like it's it's so great. Like I'm so hot and steamy and about to burst. <laughs> and then it goes right into a video store ad. No need to go to Hollywood. It's Video World. <laughs> why why just have Hollywood when you could have the world? <laughs> VHS and Betamax. There's even a steamy adults only section. <laughs> I like how it says adults adults only and then like family films. <laughs> And uh, then there's an ad for a fucking strip club called The Shining Trapeze. Yeah, I did kind of get a kick out of the fact that it was that like like this this one's you know like they probably should have split up the uh, the sexy popcorn with the with the strip club one, but um, yeah, it's it's I mean it's pretty great. I don't know why they would have had a strip club ad um, on a local news broadcast but hey whatever it's getting late now mo yeah if it's after the watershed of course this is supposed to be between the hours of seven and eight but still breakfast buffet with half price lap dances Ugh. <laughs> and uh then we get a suicide hotline uh called lifeline uh ad as well again played completely straight no jokes on the topic of suicide which is nope. nice yep <laughs> back to the special they have moved down to the basement of the weber house <laughs> they have seen a lot of weird shit uh, the Weber House, I, I love at this point, Frank is like, the Weber House is haunted. There are demonic <laughs> forces that want to drive us out. And Father Matheson is there with his Bible. And he's just, <laughs> he's desperately trying to get out of having to do the exorcism. But Frank is just like badgering him, like just demanding he, he do one. So he starts and he goes like, name of the father, the son. And then there's suddenly a banging noise upstairs. So it doesn't even get started. Frank tries to get upstairs, but the door is locked. And he actually starts to freak out a little bit. And he yells to Veronica, and this is what he says. Veronica, 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 get someone up here to open this goddamn door. Now, something's going on. Which, uh, you know, again, this, we're all kind of burned out on like, on like uh, found footage type movies. And even though this this Halloween special is sort of in the uh, the same kind of oeuvre, <laughs> The same sort of, of tone. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I mean, it's in the same co- sort of category as a found footage movie because that's really uh, what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is such a familiar part of one of those found footage movies where someone is suddenly in trouble and freaking out a little bit. I love the kind of the, the fact that, you know, we have to also be realistic. So you got to cut to a commercial when something crazy is happening. Right. So they do cut to a commercial, Mo, and we get one of our most notable commercials here. And why is that? Because we get a uh, uh, a Stover alert. Stover alert, John Cross's favorite part of the film. I'm sure Robert Long's favorite part of the movie, too. Where George Stover, from, of course, Don Dollar's films and a number of other, uh, uh, a lot of Baltimore-based projects in particular. Yeah, yeah. He arrives as Dr. Bloodwrench. He's a horror host who, after, after the special, is going to be... Well, actually, I'll let him explain what he's going to be doing. <laughs> I hope Frank Stewart's Halloween special... Isn't scaring you too badly, because coming up next, we're watching monsters invade the wax museum. So chomp down on all of that trick-or-treat candy and tune in. Oh, Dr. Bloodwrench. I love that it just cuts off his maniacal laughter. So when we return to the Halloween special... We're uh, with Veronica because they have lost contact with Frank entirely. Um, and in fact, they have sent an intern <laughs> into the fucking place with a camera. 
uh, intern, his name is Connor, and he's going to go in and try to find out what the hell is going on. Yeah, he lasts, he lasts a long time. <laughs> he goes in, and all we get is this point of view. He's not, like, narrating it or anything like that. He's just It's just a POV shot. Yeah, you, all hear him, he can, you hear him breathing. but You hear him breathing yeah, heavily. Yeah. Uh, and he walks a little bit, and then suddenly someone runs at him with an axe and, I guess, like, like axes him to death, and the camera is knocked over. We don't really see the... The, all we see is the person running towards it and the camera fall over. But we do see, uh, when the camera falls, we do see the body of one of the burgers. We do. Yeah, yeah. we see, like, their their face. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, Mo, uh, Connor is now dead. Uh, we cut back to Veronica again, who now is panicked and is telling Frank to get out of the house over her mic. Uh, but uh, And then it does actually cut back to Frank, who says he wants to, but he can't get the door open. We get some weird noises. Veronica tries to go to commercial, but Frank actually tells her no, and then he demands that Father Madison do an exorcism, and then we get a huge reveal for this character, which I was uh, referencing earlier, where he says this. I am not a priest! I am shut a up. fucking actor! You shut the hell up! <laughs> you shut the hell up! <laughs> Frank gets super pissed. Oh, and this is when... Your screenshot comes into play, Mo. Right, right. So, what was uh, your screenshot of? Uh, actually, I gotta, I gotta tell tell the story real quick. So, I was talking to Robert Long on in the Facebook group when I, when I posted this screenshot, and, and I said to him, I said, I said, you know, Rob, Robert, I really loved your your huge reveal in the film. And I did and then I kind of think to myself. That might have been poor, <laughs> poor <laughs> phrasing. <laughs> and thankfully, he has a fairly good sense of humor, so he got a kick out of that. But yeah, this is the uh, the moment where um, <clears throat> we cut back to uh, Father Matheson, or uh, well, I'm not going to give away his real name yet. Uh, <clears throat> and he's sort of cowering in the corner, and there's this great shot, uh, sort of up the top stairs to him, and he just he just looks terrified. So we get this uh, shot kind of coming up from, uh, you know, the top of the, the, well, up the stairs of uh, Father Matheson sort of uh, scared to death. And there's just piss pouring down the stair. There's a lot of piss pouring down the stairs. It's pretty, it's pretty great. I did ask Robert what the piss was made out of. Ah. That was my biggest question coming out of watching this. And he told me that it was, wait for it, ordinary tap water. Interesting. It was just water. Huh. You know, Mo, piss is mostly water anyway. Yeah, really? I mean, that's my understanding. It I tastes guess. different, but it's pretty much the same thing. Okay, Bear grills. <laughs> Timely. Anyway, Frank goes into the other room. <laughs> Frank uh, goes into the other room and gets attacked. And yeah. It, and then it goes to a commercial. In fact, it goes one of those technical, experiencing technical difficulties and uh, like, and this is an opportunity right here where they could have gone super goofy with it, right? Because a lot of those technical difficulties things are really silly for some reason. They didn't do that with this one. They just have a, it's just a logo and it just says technical difficulties. You know, they and, really and, they really put the the emphasis on realism for a lot of this sort of stuff, right? Like, and it's, over over you know, in fact, I have a feeling that if they went ridiculous. This movie would be more kind of renowned and maybe well received by certain crowds, but I really appreciate the fact that they kept it as as kind of low key as they did. Yeah, no, I absolutely fucking love the fact that they didn't go goofy with this. Like, I love the fact, like, because this plays off, like, a lot of this movie plays off, like, you remember that um, back in the 90s, that uh, thing they did where the fam, like, the video of the family who supposedly got, 
you know, abducted by aliens. Yeah, of you course. Know? Like, yeah, I mean, like, in that one, I mean, all of the acting in that is just fucking horrific. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, they played it straight. They weren't trying to be goofy about it. They were trying to do, like, another War of the Worlds type thing. Yeah, and, and, and there's been a few of those. Uh, I know there was a British one as well. Right. Well, the, the, yeah, but anyway, yeah, there's been a few of those. That, and, and the, you know, the, the key is... Really, just just playing it as straight as possible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So and we I then love, I love the fact that they played this as straight as they did. We cut back now to something which it, it would be surprising if it got on the air. <laughs> uh, someone is filming Frank, who is now tied up and surrounded by the corpses of pretty much everyone we've seen so far: the burgers, Father Matheson, and right. uh, and the intern as well. Yeah. And he's being filmed by those religious... Did did, did you notice that the intern looked an awful lot like a young J.R. Bookwalter? (laughs) I didn't notice. Oh, I noticed the giant glasses. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, They are being filmed... uh, Sorry, the people filming are the religious crazies from that... uh, That we've actually had references to all throughout the movie. um, And are basically calling like uh, blasphemers and shit like that. Then... um, at one point, the cameraman turns to the woman from the the piece earlier. I can't remember yeah, her I, name offhand. Uh, yeah, I don't remember her name either. But I I love the fact that she's like, "Oh, don't show my face!" But it's yeah. like you're you're screaming blasphemy at them. Yeah, it's like like they're not gonna know who the fuck you are. Then they cut out Frank's tongue. It's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. And then it cuts to what is the not the final line of the movie, but the final line from this section of the movie, which is from one of the killers. Yeah. <laughs> On behalf of all your friends at WNUF TV 28, we wish you a very happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like the fact that it's like you, you, for fuck's sake, like the, like, you know, the fact that you can like hear like Frank, like. Screaming. You know, it's screaming in the back with his tongue cut out. It's like, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking brutal. It's pretty messed up. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of like the idea that this wasn't actually part of the broadcast, that it's been kind of patched in right. uh, or something like that. Because right now it actually goes to another evening news broadcast, which is cut. Well, the first time I watched this, it was a little confusing. I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? But yeah. What- well, until, the, until they start talking, it's a little confusing. Right. And so it starts and it's another broadcast. And what we discover is that this is actually a broadcast from a week later and they mention that local law enforcement are still looking for Frank and uh, the burger and what's the name of the actor? Uh, Brandon Schuler. Brandon Schuler played Father Matheson, <laughs> who I haven't been seen since the Halloween. It's broadcast. very meta. Yeah, <laughs> we got Robert Long playing Brandon Schuler playing Father Matheson, <laughs> and they even mentioned during this broadcast that they thought at first that it was a hoax, but after five days without any answers, nobody is laughing. But what's great is like it's very morose and very uh, depressing at the beginning of the broadcast, and then it cuts to the uh, the the woman, and she goes, "Christmas is just around the corner." <laughs> Yeah, and that's where the tape ends. And that's where the tape ends. And that is the end of the WNUF Halloween special. Mo, you mentioned that you watched it twice and that you had a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I have a feeling this will be in fairly regular rotation for me. Um, You know, at least every Halloween I'll I'll watch this because it's just super fun. It really really is fun. It really was a lot of fun. If you're listening to this, you're going to enjoy it. I mean, it really would appeal to your sensibilities almost certainly. Yeah. yeah. I want to – I'm going to have some brief criticisms of it. 
And I, I, again, I love this, and I was the one who recommended it. And certainly compared to what we've been watching recently, man, it's like night and day. The thought that they made this on such a incredibly low budget right. and and a very short amount of time as well. I mean, it, this is an amazing accomplishment, and everyone should be really proud of themselves. I will say it's not very scary. And I know that it's really not trying to be particularly scary, but it, when it gets – when shit starts to ramp up a bit in the final 20 minutes, half hour or so, I think it's supposed to be scarier than it actually is. Uh, I like the idea that there's really no supernatural element at all. But what you find out is that all the things that you thought may have been supernatural were done by these religious crazies. And I, hey, I'll never, you'll never, I'll never be upset with something mocking religious extremism. Nope. But uh, I do think that because of, um, because of the obviousness of where it's going at the end, that it, it meant that it's hard to get much kind of sustained tension out of it. Right. Right. But it's still, I mean, still, it's amazing and it's really, really entertaining. And all those parts at the end are some of the most entertaining stuff. So I'm certainly, you know, it's not a major criticism. It's just that it's not, if you're expecting it to be like a found footage movie, which gets really tense and creepy as it builds into the climax, it doesn't really work like that. No, and I didn't really have any any issue with that as such. I just, I just thought it was a super entertaining, you know, hour and a half of fun. So we should mention that the commercials in the WNUF Halloween special, uh, a number of them were directed by other directors, uh, except for Chris LaMartina, who we really should give amazing amount of credit to. Chris LaMartina is the person who spearheaded the WNUF Halloween special. He directed the um, a majority of the ads, and he actually is also the writer and director, I believe, yeah, of uh, 2014's Call Girl of Cthulhu, which I have a copy of and haven't watched yet, but I've actually heard some really good things about it. He's is done he, a lot did of... Did you say Call Girl of Cthulhu? Oh, yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's been uh, directing... Uh, he, he did a movie back in the early 2000s called Faces of Schlock, which uh, I remember seeing years ago, but uh, but he he that he's been doing a lot of low budget work for years and years, and certainly, um, in fact, Faces of Schlock uh, for those who have seen it, it's sort of like I think it's like a yeah, so that it's actually a collection of short films, but the people that he did that film with are Andrew and Shearer, who's a friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, and Henri uh, Quoto, who's the, an, also a friend of the show. Um, and someone I've actually, I've actually interviewed both of those gentlemen <laughs> in the past. Uh, but yeah, Call Girl of Cthulhu, I'm sure that's one that we're going to actually check out at some point in the future as well. Very, very talented director, Chris LaMartina, and you should check out more of his work. But as I was mentioning before, other directors have worked on some of the ads that are, uh, in the film. This includes, uh, Andy Schaub, who did the Dandridge for Mayor, uh, for Governor, sorry, uh, commercial. Matthew mm-hmm. Mentor, who did the Stay Shore Tampons commercial. Nice. Lonnie Martin. Who, as you might recall, who was it? What, what, what did he direct again, Mo? <laughs> Women's Studies. Remember, he directed Women's Studies, ah, a yes. no budget nightmares favorite, or what I should say, <laughs> one of my most hated movies ever covered on No Budget Nightmares. Yeah. It says here he did a commercial for Mouth by Asphyxia. Which one was that? I, I have no idea, man. Doesn't, doesn't ring it, a bell. Uh, Scott McCubbin did The King of Castle Lane. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one that one is either. But uh, Sean Jones did Phil's Carpet Warehouse. But I also wanted to mention that James Branscomi, or Branscombe, I'm not actually sure how that's pronounced, did a commercial that says Parents Against Partying. Maybe that was one of the drug ones. But James uh, is... Yeah, one- that was that was the PSA with the uh, with the spin the bottle. The spin the bottle one. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, I wanted to point him out because he is in the process of making a movie. I guess he's... Uh, I know they announced it. I'm not sure if it's actually still in production or what. But a movie called Murder Ballads. And Murder Ballads is notable because it's uh, co-written. One of the writers on it is Jeffrey X. Martin, friend of the show. Huh. So it, it all connects together. Uh, certainly, uh, it's it's great because 
Is it, it a uh, is it a series of short films based off of the uh, songs of Nick Cave? Nick Cave, I think actually Nick Cave might. Be, I remember that, and I, I feel bad about this. Jeff sent me his script for it uh, years ago, and I was I meant to look over it. And I read like half of it, but then I I got really distracted with other shit because I'm stupid and I get distracted easily. Uh, wow. But I do. I think actually maybe there are direct references in there to Nick Cave, or maybe I'm making that up. Who knows? Who knows? Check out Murder Ballads if you get a chance to see it in the very near future. Yeah, overwhelming recommendation for the WNUF Halloween special. Oh, yeah. if, uh, please go out of your way to pick up a copy of it. I mean, it's it's basically, uh, in all the genre magazines and things that have covered it, it's been overwhelmingly positively received. And what a pleasure for Mo and myself to get to watch something which is just good. And, is, yeah. and not only is good, but is recent and good. And it shows a collection of talented, low-budget, micro-budget filmmakers who are doing great innovative interesting work it really kind of recharges our batteries a little bit because when you watch a bunch of shit that uh doesn't show a lot of talent from low budget recent low budget directors it can start to weigh on you a little well like when we started doing the show like we could get away with three episodes you know in a row of bad movies and i think we've just gotten to the point where we can't do that anymore (laughs) like we're just it just sort of like hurts right And, and so like we did two really bad ones and we had to follow it up with something we knew was going to be good. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, let's face it, the ones that we're talking about, they weren't just, like, they were excessively bad. They were two of the worst movies we ever covered on the show. Skunker! Skunker! See, like, like I mean... Skunker, like, come and sing this song! Skunker! Um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> so, so fucking bad. I mean, at least that one has, like, you know, fun references that we can do. Like, like what what are we going to reference for fucking uh, uh, Nightmare uh, Suck my cock! Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, I feel so good! <laughs> Please. Oh, where's the... Was it the, the... Where's the bagel tree? Where's the... <laughs> Fucking bagel tree. Where's the bagel tree? Mo, we've talked before the episode started uh, about what we're going to be covering on the next episode, and this one's all on me. It is. Yeah, I I just... When I got home, like, I had had work I had to do. You asked me to start thinking of a movie, and I'm like... uh, One of the things I recommended when I asked you to suggest a movie, Mo, was something international, something foreign for us to cover, because it's been a little while since we covered a foreign low-budget movie. Right. Well, I picked one. You did. It's one I actually... So if it sucks, it's entirely your fault. It's one I actually haven't seen in full yet. Uh, It's uh, its tagline is, La Venganza Alienigina Ha Comenzado. Uh, That's one university class of Spanish (laughs) helping me out here. (laughs) Uh, What is the movie called? It's It's made in Argentina. It is a extra low budget movie made in 1997, directed by Pablo Perez, uh, Perez, Perez, uh, and Hernan Saez. And the movie, and of course, I'm butchering that, and I apologize. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, you could certainly step in, Mo. And I don't have any of the information in front of me. I just have the name. I'm going to say it again. Directed by Pablo Perez and Hernan Saez. Oh, let's I, go with I, that. I, I got to pull this up. <laughs> it is 1997's. Plaga Zombie or Plaga Zombie, which is a uh, Argentinian zombie movie. Yeah, you know what? Looking at the looking at the spelling, I'm gonna say you're doing just fine. Yeah, I had the accents going. I know yeah. what I know. I, I took that Spanish class. It was only more than a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm Canadian. I'm not supposed to be able to speak Spanish. You're the guy who's supposed to speak Spanish, Mister Connecticut. 
Yeah, because Connecticut is known for our Hispanic population, you know. Is the, it not? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we're like the first stop from the for the boats that come up from like Cuba and, and, and Puerto Rico. Plaga Zombie uh, is the first film in a trilogy of low-budget uh, zombie movies. Uh, I, I believe it actually is like Plaga Zombie 1, 2, and 3. I have the trilogy around here somewhere, but we're going to be covering the first film from 1997. Uh, I remember reading some reviews like years and years ago saying that this was a really impressive low-budget effort, and let's hope that it is. <laughs> Otherwise, Mo's going to be very mad at me. I will say that the trivia for the movie says that the movie was made for less than $120, and the makeup was done with cake frosting and other things the director found. There is a big fucking gap between between the films in this series, too. Like, I'm looking up on their very, very short Wikipedia page. Uh, so the second one came out in 2001, and it's called Plaga Zombie Zona Mutante. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got the third one, which didn't come out until 2012, uh, called Plaga Zombie Revolution Toxica. And I believe that Plaga Zombie was also re-released in like kind of a re-edited version. And that might be the one that we end up watching. Uh, I don't think they shot anything new for it. I think it's just supposed to be a little bit snappier than maybe the original version. Hey, you know what? I'm fine with that. Like, I, like when, when a director can go back and, and look at a film and be like, this is not flowing right and snip it up a little bit, I'm fine with that. When when he can make Greedo shoot first, like he should have. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And just <laughs> maybe add, maybe add, add maybe just maybe do backs everywhere. Maybe add a a, a a song into the movie where there was no song before. I really I really hope that Plaga Zombie has <laughs> has a song somewhere in there. On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, 1997's Plaga Zombie. Woo-hoo. Mo, if people want to find out more about the No Budget Nightmares podcast, what's the best way for them to do so? Oh, well, certainly they'd want to go onto Facebook and do a search for huh? No Budget Nightmares. Or if they want to go directly there, it can just be facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares. One yeah. And in fact, we've got a lot of conversation happening there lately. It's been very consistent, which is so nice to see. A lot of reviews being posted there. If you want to ask questions to Robert Long about his performance, he's, there. The, he's there and he will probably answer them and very happily. And in He's fact, already are- been talking about it. Uh, in fact, the director himself recently uh, uh, joined the No Budget Nightmares group, so maybe Ooh. we can get some thoughts from him as well if he doesn't hate us after listening to this episode. Why would he hate us after listening to You never to know! I, I said good things about Joe Castro, and that thing has haunted me ever since. Oh, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I went back and I listened to that episode not too long ago, you know, again, just for shits and giggles, and, like, we like we weren't even that bad on his movie. Like we like I mean and like when we did our our uh like when when we watched Nightmare Museum and we talked about the worst movies we'd ever seen we that movie didn't come up yeah. once yeah it's just it's it's the well I mean okay <laughs> I, he's someone who has a history of maybe being very emotional about things that he should really has no reason to be so emotional about. Well, I mean, the dude got kicked off of Face Off and then made a documentary about it. Like, so. anyone would give a fuck yeah. about a documentary about how wronged he was. And, right. of course, it was... Yeah, anyway. Anyway, let's whatever, not talk Whatever, whatever. Let's that. not even go there. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> and, Mo, if people want to find out more about us online, what's the best way to do so? I think go on to uh, Twitter. We, we both have the, the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I am at DrunkOnVHS. 
And I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And you can always go over to NoBudgetPodcast.com and check out older episodes of the No Budget Nightmares podcast. Our entire archive is there. You can subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher or uh, Google Play Podcasts or whatever. You can also get to our RSS feed from there. You can also yeah. give us uh, some of your dollars via Patreon. Help support the show. Uh, you can also, of course, listen to some of Rue's music there as well. Mo, is Rue going to come back with a song soon? I, you know, I wrote him about uh, when we were recording this week, and he never wrote me back, so I'm guessing we're not going to see one for this episode. But if we, we do, it'd be a happy surprise. Uh, we we uh, For those who may be wondering... He's, he's been, been very busy. He's been incredibly busy. Has yeah. There's been no falling out or anything. Yeah, like he like ones. started up a business and shit. Yeah. Like he's we like, love Rue, and yeah, also the death. fact that he was... Uh, the fact that we're now recording episodes every two weeks as opposed to a month in between, it's a lot harder for him to crank out a professionally produced song for right. each goddamn movie. But I'm sure we'll have a contribution for him, him soon. I would love to... It's a shame that we couldn't get songs for the last two movies that we watched. Oh, my God. How, how, <laughs> I want to hear his Nightmare Museum song more than anything. <laughs> I, I kind of really do, too. Mo, have you watched any interesting movies lately? Um, Yeah. Like The funny thing is I'm not even entirely sure if I can talk about it, but I'm going to do it anyway because fuck it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so recently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, um, a mountains of madness. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> So uh, recently, uh, Mr. John Cross from the After Movie Diner uh, contacted me and asked me if I would be interested or willing to do written reviews for his written. site. Yeah, written <laughs> reviews. And and I haven't done uh, I haven't done any uh, any written reviews in a, in a while. Sure. Um, so I'm like, I was a little hesitant. I, honestly, I told him I said, look, if this was anybody else asking me, I'd probably would have said no. But because you know, you're, you've been a really good friend and, and, and I appreciate your, your support and many, many aspects of my life. That See, if I it was will... me, if it was me, I'd be like, well, if it was anybody else, I'd think about saying yes, but no, <laughs> <just> no way. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what do you want? Like three a year? I could probably do that. But, um, but yeah, so he sent me the, the first film he wants me to do for him, which is a, uh, new film comes out in, on the 15th, I believe. Um, called Outlaws and Angels, which, uh, which I'm not going to go into it, but I, I watched that and, uh, my reviews like half written for it. Um, but, uh, it's got an interesting cast to say the least. Eric Roberts in it? Uh, no, Eric Roberts well, is, then I is, don't care. <laughs> is not in it, but, uh, Clint Eastwood's daughter, uh, what's her name? Francesca Eastwood Scott? is in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, what's his name? Chad Chad Michael Murray is that his okay. name? The, du- the yeah. dude from One Tree Hill. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he he uh, I gotta I gotta say the two of them did a fantastic job. They're easily the standout performances in the film, and it's not it's not it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It has some pacing issues. What's it called again? Outlaws and Angels. Outlaws and Angels. Is it a western? Uh, it is a western. Yeah. All right. Keep your eye yeah. out for. Uh, uh, let's hope you get a, a quote on the cover. Keep your eyes out for Outlaws. And angels, anything else? I, I, have, that you a, saw? I have a feeling they're not going to care for my review, but um, boom. Uh, let's see. I watch. I I've been sticking mostly to television shows lately, uh, so I haven't watched a ton of movies. I I did watch. I, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time or not because I don't remember how long ago I watched it, but I watched Super. Oh right. Um. The the uh, uh, Rain Wilson movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Super super fun movie. Um. You know what? I'm not a fan. Really. Yeah, I didn't like it. I thought I would love it, but I just did not care for it. Huh. 
That's fascinating. Maybe I uh, should rewatch it. I don't know. Maybe. I, if anything, like watching it and not enjoying it, it made me really cynical about Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. And then I ended up loving Guardians of the Galaxy and I started to think, well, maybe I was the idiot. <laughs> that happens sometimes. Well, I mean, like, well, what did you think about, like, the other, like, pseudo superhero films, like Special or Defendor? I didn't care for Defendor either. Uh, I, I think maybe the deconstruction of the superhero for film was happening a little too early in the <laughs> run of superhero movies. Maybe. And maybe, maybe now would be a good time to revisit them for me. Just like, right. just like, you know, just like I watched when I saw Watchmen, the, the film version of Watchmen, I enjoyed it. And I even watched the like ultimate fucking three hour version of it. Mm. Um, and I enjoy it, but it's also, it feels like it feels kind of empty because it's commenting on something that doesn't really exist while the comic right. was commenting on like, you know, dozens and dozens of years of history. Sure. Sure. Mo, yeah, I went to the WT Film Festival out in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, the What the Film Festival, uh-huh. uh, and I spent a day watching uh, some movies that would be very recognizable to fans of No Budget Nightmares. Oh, and- oh, you watched uh, Wrath of the Skunk Ape? No, did not watch Wrath of the Skunk Ape. And followed it up with uh, Nightmare Museum. We actually, well, it's an equivalent. Okay, won't you sing this song, Skunky? <laughs> Maybe next year. I mean, I will suggest them. But I did get to see, while st- sitting next to uh, Mr. Josh Johnson, I got to watch uh, a double feature of Science Crazed. Nice. And Things. I believe I mentioned that I was going to see this on the most recent episode. You did. You did yeah. mention that. But, but you had also said that, uh, well, I don't know, whatever. Did, did you manage to make it through the whole thing? Did oh, I did. That? Yeah. My ass was fucking falling asleep uh, during it. But uh, it, it, it's just the first time I saw Science Crazed with a crowd of people. Yeah. Uh, and a number of them who had... It's different than if it was a crowd who really had no idea what to expect. These people were obviously expecting something weird and bad. But yeah. even with this crowd, you could feel people being like, uh, like, like, it's like that, um, story of ever sketch, the Mr. Show sketch. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. people are like, they start to laugh because of how long the scenes are going. And then you can feel them start to get annoyed. It's like, okay, yeah, no, it's funny. Let's, let's go. And then, and then it'll end and they'll be like, ha ha ha, like it was all a big joke. And then another scene will start and it'll do the exact same thing. Nice. And there's only so many times you can laugh at being annoyed by something. Right, right. It's great. And I mean, it's so interesting. So it wasn't, so it wasn't like a fully hip crowd, just, no. just sort of hip. Yeah, well, they were hip to a point, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Science Craze is a different level, right? But then Science people, Craze is, is like an endurance challenge. It really is. People were having like a conversation. It's like, well, what's worse? Things are Science Craze. And some people thought things was a worse movie and that what? is ridiculous. I that mean, is things categorically is, wrong. Things is entertaining from start to fucking finish. Like, non- there's a middle part. Non-stop entertainment yeah. in things. It's it it is it even like, picks up at the end, which is something Science Craze does not do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I mean there there was laughter and, and enjoyment and quoting lines all throughout things. Science Craze was like just people were just dumbfounded with what the fuck they were seeing. It's not even the same category. That's just my opinion. Well, I know, and you're, but you know what? I don't think it even is just an opinion. I think it's a categorical fact. I, I categorical know. fact. Category. It's empirical, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think things is without a doubt a better movie, uh, or at least a more entertaining movie. Yeah, I was, more know. entertaining. That's the only scale we can really work yeah, with yeah. here. You know, I mean, like, like if I was to sit down with a group of friends, you know, and say like, you know, three or four joints and a and a twenty pack of beer, like I would. Definitely put fucking, you know, uh, things. Yeah, things. Into, yeah, put it yeah. on, man. You'll yeah. enjoy it. 
when that doctor shows up, it's like, ghastly, horrible. <laughs> right, right, exactly, you know. Uh, I also watched the entire seven-hour, five-part miniseries, O.J. Simpson, Made in America, uh, done by the 30 for 30 guys at ESPN, and it is amazing. It is really just one of the most impressive documentaries I think I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I, keep, I keep meaning to... Uh, keep especially meaning because to you've seen that. the series, you've seen the People vs. O.J. Simpson. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it really, it resonates even more having seen that, especially because so many of the major things that happened in that miniseries are shown in this right but i mean the first part of it is just about oj's uh football career and the second part of it is entirely about his kind of post career along with the uh the relationship between the black community and and the police in la and Mm. then the third part is has to do with the murder and the beginning of the trial fourth part is all trial and the fifth part the fifth hour and a half section is all about his sort of post-trial life, and it is insane. Like, there's huh. so much crazy stuff, and and so much did they, stuff. Did, I, they, I, did they mention uh, that the prank show thing that he did? They that did. Ju- it, they, they they go through that in detail. They go through. Have you the, ever seen that? Uh, I have now. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's I yeah, it's fucking. It's crazy. offensive, and and the if I did it book, and also uh, and his his arrest and stuff too. I mean, it it really. I is, love what they I love what they did with the if I did it book. Yeah, the little how they, if. How they put the uh, how they uh, the put the if like super fucking small, and it just says I did it. <laughs> I'll tell you though, it, no, no matter how familiar you are with him and his career and with the trial and everything, there's so much here and and the depth of what they're trying to do because it really at its core, it's not really about O.J. Simpson. It's about the relationship of the black community with uh, law enforcement. And, sure, I mean that is the most timely thing to be discussing right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, check that out, or check out Science Crazed and Things. <laughs> or, and, available, and, and definitely check out the WNUF uh, uh, Halloween. Like in all of your notes, man, you wrote WFNU. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was actually. I think I got. Uh, I I got it confused uh, in my brain, my stupid brain, with WFMU, of course, the radio sure. station. Uh, so uh, that's not my fault. Whatever. <laughs> Totally you said it right. I, I've said it right, I think, the entire show. So, fuck yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah. your own goddamn notes. <laughs> I did take my own damn notes. <laughs> On the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, we'll be covering 1997's Plaga Zombie. Plaga, Plaga Zombie. Zombie. Uh, please tell us your thoughts on WNUF Halloween. I almost <laughs> fucked it up there. Uh, over on our Facebook group, join the conversation. Ask the questions you want the answers to, and we will demand answers, and we will get them to you. And we'll be back in just a couple of weeks, Mo. We're not going to demand answers. We're just going to like ask. I'm going to demand from Robert Long <laughs> some goddamn answers. Actually, he was so nice. He sent an email with like all these fun facts, which we really didn't work into this episode at all. But just like like how long it took the them worst. to to because they they were like shooting over weekends for a couple of weeks. Anyway, he will give you a lot more insight into the making of yeah. the WNUF Halloween special if you just ask. So what are you doing? What are you stop sitting there listening to a podcast? Go over to Facebook and go check it out right now. Wow, you really got a, you got your super fucking announcer voice going there. <laughs> uh, All right, I guess that's it. Yeah, I'm done. All right, good night, everybody. Good night, folks. Bye-bye.